Section 69 of Frontier Humor and Verse, Prose, and Picture. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frontier Humor and Verse, Prose, and Picture by Palmer Cox. The Cobbler's End. A large crowd of people was standing in and around a small shoemaker's shop on 3rd Street. Elbowing my way to the inner circle, I found the excitement was over a man who had committed suicide. He was lying upon the floor, his hands still grasping a shotgun with which he had blown off the top of his head. I learned it was the shoemaker, and that he had committed the rash act because the lady on whom his affections were set had been seen fit to choose another for her partner. Worst of all, it was a tailor who, to use a common expression and one to the point, had cut him out. They were both charmed with the comeliness of the young woman, and whenever an opportunity offered, were in the habit of throwing sheep's eyes in the direction of her apartment. The lady seemed to grow more interested in the situation, and even went so far as to smile archly upon him. The tailor, who had never received such a compliment from so pretty a woman before, was quite carried away with joy. He felt that his love was returned, and from that moment, the world presented a different aspect. It was not even a new picture in an old frame, or vice versa, but was new throughout. Even the old breeches on his lap seemed to suddenly undergo a strange metamorphosis, the stout, rough material over which he had lately been bending with crippled fingers and sprung needle in the twinkling of an eye seemed transformed into a golden fleece through which the wax thread flew like chain lightning through a cotton umbrella. To have an interview was now his only study, and where there's a will, there's a way. One day a small boy was pressed into service and entrusted with a letter to the woman in whom his whole heart seemed wrapped. She received it safely and duly by the return of post broke the delightful intelligence to the tailor that his love was returned and ended the epistle by requesting him to call. Hardly had Sealy Knight scarfed up the tender eye of pitiful day when the tailor with palpitating heart ascended the rickety stairs that led to the apartment. How he was received there is no knowing, but it is apparent to all he soon ingratiated himself with the handsome damsel, as the sequel shows. The knight of the thimble and needle had saved considerable money and was comely to look upon. While she was both free and willing to wed, so the courtship was a short one. As it happened, the tailor had received an offer from a business firm in the country that day, and as delays were considered dangerous, they decided to be married at once and start for their new home. It chanced that neither the lover nor his fair inamorata were troubled with enough luggage to require the services of an express wagon, and it wasn't long before their traps were stuffed into sacks and bundles ready for removal. Talk about striking while the iron is hot. They went ahead of the time-honored injunction and hammered the iron while it was yet in the furnace. The bat had hardly found his evening meal before they were united and received the congratulations of the officiating clergyman, and before Hesperus led her starry host down to the western main, the happy pair might have been seen bending under their respective burdens and moving rapidly down the thoroughfare 
to catch the first train for the country. Crispin soon discovered his handsome bird had flown. This was too much for the poor cobbler. He couldn't bear up under the weight, and having procured a shotgun, soon ceased to exist. These facts I gleaned from a grocer who lived nearby and who was acquainted with all the parties. My mind was so disturbed by the distressing event, I found it impossible to sleep for hours after I reached my room. I started in to recite a book of Paradise Lost, but it was no go. I had Michael assaulting Satan with a shoemaker's awl instead of with his sword of celestial temper. I then endeavored to run over and act in Shakespeare, but met with no better success. I had Othello blowing his head off with a shotgun instead of stabbing himself with a knife. Still, the terrible combination of circumstances culminating in the death of the poor cobbler crowded upon me in a saddening train and much-needed rest came not to my relief until the following lines were composed and set to music. Oh, the sunshine of his life had become a tailor's wife, which was more than selfish heart could bear. So he got his gun in haste, in his mouth the muzzle placed, turned his eyes aloft as in prayer. On the trigger set his toes, as the illustration shows, then up to the ceiling went his hair. End of section 69, read by Julie Taylor, January 16, 2022.